Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's This Is Getting Over You. It's a tough one to pick up after It's This Is Getting Over You. Yeah, it's this. It's this. Is this it? The strokes. But I mean, is this it? The strokes? This is As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. This is it. This is it, baby. You got your boy, Tim. You sure You got your boy, David, who is... uh, making great faces at me from his dark room Mm -hmm. and he's uh looking at me in my somewhat dark room one big dark room or oh man is this it is this it what just one big dark room this must be the place this must be getting over you it is the place the place the place the place uh, we're not here to talk about the strokes. We're not here to talk about the talking heads. Did boy, you talk about the talking heads. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, don't have a lot to say about either of those bands. So I'm glad we're not doing that. That's my talking heads impression. Are you good, right? I mean, like, it would be better if you were wearing a suit that was like four times too big and just kind of like dancing. It's like, ugh, I've never liked the talking heads. We don't need to get into it. Uh, there's some good shit in there. But we don't need to get into it. What we do need to get into is the final song from the I Lied My Face Off EP for us to discuss on our podcast, As You Were a Podcast About Alkaline Trio. Yes. Uh, we will. I think this is the first. Well, I, I would have to double check, but I feel like this is the first like release that we fully scratched off. We've done uh, the hot water split for sure. Done the hot water split, and we did sundials. Yeah, uh, but I mean, in terms of like this... full on EPs, I, I don't think we've done all of the uh, uh, for your lungs only EP, have we? No, we haven't. Um, this is a this is a big one. Yes, this, it sure is. If we if we uh, if we wanted to get into this. We might be rounding out the best Alkaline Trio release in existence. I mean, it's up there. I That's a hard thing for me to nail down because, as is probably evident, there's a lot that changed for me based on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, it's really hard for me in a lot of respects with, with any band to pick an EP over an LP because I do think, I do think a four song EP is like a really natural form for a band to write in that like to say it's the best almost feels like cheating sometimes because it's like, it's just removing a lot of variables, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Mm -hmm. However, I like every song on this thing a lot. Yo, same. And it's interesting that we are talking about uh we're here. We're we're at this song which is sort of the if there's a forgotten 
track on this four song EP, it would be this is getting over. Oh, you. it's this one for sure. Um, and it, it was called to our attention this week in particular by our Patreon pledger. Um, I don't know if you all know about Patreon. Tell them about ta- Patreon, Tim. Uh, I almost said Patreon. Patreon, Pim. Uh, it's this cool thing where you can pledge like a monthly amount to support creators Woo! and people like us who talk about we're people like us um so a patreon it's a way for you to pledge a monthly amount to help support the show and in exchange for that pledge you get some cool bonus content you do audio uh we got some swag available and this past weekend we did a cool little tournament bracket. We did do a bracket. That was very fun. Uh, you put it together and then we both filled it out and uh, worked our way through it. And we had our patrons, our Patreon family say, hey, hey, I'd love to fill out one of those brackets. And Mart brought to our attention the fact that their dark horse was this is getting over you which was not included. And I'm like, yeah, that is a dark horse. I mean, that it is, is one. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- I assume the first time you heard this was on self-titled, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, that would be the same for me. Uh, and what did you think of it? Because obviously the opening to self-titled is just the, I lied my face off EP. Mm-hmm. So like, but I think in the grander scheme of that self-titled release, it does feel a little different than it does just in those four songs, you know? Totally. There's a totally. lot of weird shifting context for me with this one. Mm-hmm. I think that this is definitely a different song. Um, and within the context of that, EP, it's like you have Goodbye Forever, which I think is one of the band's best opening tracks. You got this one, then you got Bleeder, which is, you know, I gave it a 6.5. Yeah. Five. And and then you have I Lied My Face Off. And I think tonally, the, the song I Lied My Face Off and this one are definitely similar in that not only are they dance songs, but they are particularly dark dance songs but i like my face off has a little bit more drive to it and this is getting over you is structured so differently yeah it starts out so slowly and then it's got a cool kind of second half which is somewhat of a coda i guess Mm -hmm. um and it's but it's a long song and it really takes its time so it's like yeah this is a cool song i'm not always in the mood for it i mean it's uh it's secretly very long to me it doesn't feel that to me but it is four minutes and 47 seconds and while you were setting that up i went to look to see if this is their longest song Mm -hmm. now i'm inclined to say it is 
but there is technically one that's longer, which is the Damnesia version of Radio, which comes in at 5 minutes and 23 seconds. That doesn't count. That's like saying a live version of a song is longer. That's how I felt. It is only like 6 seconds longer than the studio version of Radio, which is interesting. Um but if if we're being if we're excluding that release, which we often do because whatever, it is the longest one. I can't wait till we talk about old English eight hundred. Oh god. Um, uh. <laughs> so I we probably mentioned it in the I Lied My Face Off episode about the song. That is probably, at least in my opinion, their most like kind of hard driving track. It it's mm-hmm. just got that kind of like minor progression that gives it a real like especially that chorus it's just it's really beaten down on you you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. this is the exact opposite from dan where it's very bouncy kind of playful and the end is like super like fun like it's yeah it's hard for me to think of other songs of theirs where i'm like that song's fun but the end of this one very much is yeah, the end is super fun, but I think that the verses are so heavy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like vocally, Dan is, I mean, he's growling. This is like one of the angriest vocal performances Dan has. The imagery is so dark. Yeah. And it's almost like he's. I mean, he's talking about I'm the king of rain. Yes. You know, this has a a sort of fictional world that he's creating much more so than really anything else I would say coming from the early phases of this of this band where it's like, you know, maybe I'll catch fire is is like it's a little little out there in terms of like uh practicalities um but this one is like it's it doesn't seem as closely aligned to like this is dan singing about uh a personal issue in a pretty upfront way yeah yeah and i mean i don't know getting into the cp is i think you're looking at four songs that like all have a lot of they all kind of lean on one another to be effective i think like I think I think there's obviously like Goodbye Forever is like kind of the big crowd pleaser. It's probably the most like straightforward and and poppy, um, mm. but it's still pretty dark lyrically. Yeah, Bleeder is very dark. I have my face off is very dark as is this one. Um, throughout all of those, I think this is a song I kind of had a weird association with because of the lyrics for a long time. Like mm. it always read as being kind of misogynistic um yeah but when i read through the lyrics again today and really sat with them i was like i think there's ways to read some of those lines that aren't as as uh damning if you will yeah totally uh, I, it, I i think that i mean we're we're probably talking we're probably focusing in on drowning girls as a game i play Yes, um, which, to be fair, I've always known the lyrics to this song because Dan is, I think Dan and Matt generally, are pretty easy to understand. The vocals are high enough in the mix where there's not a lot of, like, 
you may mishear a phrase, but like you generally know what they're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that line is presented feels like it's coming after, like, I mean, it's coming, it feels more disconnected from what the phrasing is before. But when I sat Mm -hmm. and kind of read through the lyrics for the first time in forever today, I was kind of struck by like, Oh, what he's saying prior to that is this like tacit acknowledgement that he's like, using women to like push all of his problems onto that. He's like raining these things down upon them. And that is what the drowning line is referencing. Mm -hmm. At least how I read it where it's like, Oh, he's acknowledging that like he's being really shitty. He's not using that literally in some like weird fantasy, um, element. You know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that made me forgive it a little more. Yeah, definitely. I um, I remember hearing it the first time and, yeah, feeling a little uncomfortable with the line, even at 15. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think I, you know, over time was like, well... If he's the king of rain, mm-hmm. we have water coming down. Like there's there's a lot that it's just like, well, if it rains a lot, everybody drowns. Yeah, you know, there's there's a flood, um, and being able to take that and and read it as not quite the like literal holding one's head down into water. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it it does come um around the time when I mean Chris Conley says like a lot worse shit. Like a lot more like, you know, manipulative stuff that's less vague. Um Yeah, I and mean it was you know, a trend not at that just, time. Right. Uh-huh. You know? Not just Chris Conley. But, but I mean if we're talking about like that style of thing, like through being cool is very heavy on that. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's also, you know, the, the, um, you drown your sorrows, you drink too much, you mm-hmm, know, you, mm-hmm. um, if there's a, if there's heartbreak, you, you drink a ton and then you, you try to wash it all away. It's not good. He doesn't feel good about it. But at the, at the same time, you know, he keeps going back to this idea that he's like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like I got this. I, yeah. you know, no tears. I'm done with that shit. I mean, I've um, always loved his delivery of that line specifically. That's like his most like screamy, like gross kind of sounding vocal take. That's one that I really grew to like. It's like mm-hmm. when I heard it the first time I was like, Oh no, like that's, that's kind of like eh, a little heavy handed. But at the same time, it's like, I love the way that that line kind of sits apart from everything else where it's like everything seems to be like kind of ethereal in all of this song, but then you, you know, go in and say, I'm done with that shit. Like, yeah, it's totally like an insertion into the, into the world a little bit of just saying like, no, like fuck this. I love that part. Yeah. And I think, I think what makes a lot of this song work is this is really this kind of weird era where like, Matt's guitar playing is very segmented and kind of staccato and like 
it sounds like he's trying to play strummy, but the recording of it is very like, just like razor sharp and kind of biting mm-hmm. through everything. And I think that works really well on the songs. Like, I feel like there's a lot of room in these verses. Like this has always felt like a showcase of Dan to me, like as a songwriter and vocalist, because mm-hmm. there is so much space around his vocals. Like he's really not like rushing through them. And I think this is the record where they like, or the release rather, where they kind of start opening themselves up where they don't have to be singing like rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire thought, you know, there's a little more just room they're allowing themselves. And like, you know, most of these songs are long. Yeah. The, I love the strumming pattern on here. This of, of this era, like the guitar tone on this release in particular is probably my favorite. I think hmm. moving forward, I think it gets maybe a little bit too bitey. And here it just works so well with those strumming patterns where it is like, it is sharp, but it's not fully like, I don't know, synthesized. Yeah. You know, yeah whereas yeah. from here to infirmary, it's just like, it's driven to like, make those points and this is like this is such a nice in-between space i think where he's really like figured out the fact that like okay like this is the style of my playing Mm -hmm. and now that the like dirty tone is kind of gone really really accents a lot of those mids and i think it works best right here because i think Moving forward, it, it gets maybe a little bit too on the nose. I would agree with that. I feel like it's it's just a very natural, raw recording, you know, um, mm. which I think serves bands like this pretty well. I, I think my big complaint about like a lot of modern bands that would fall in this era is that it just sounds too sterile. It sounds very clean. It sounds very produced. And that's like not what I'm interested in, you know, mm-hmm. like that has never been what has appealed to me in music, you know? Um, like I'm fine with the like most lo-fi shitty recording. If it works for what it is, you know, I I've always been kind of just like whatever it is, you know? And I think they get to a point where it's just, it becomes like a lot of that weird characterization that they had on their instruments and the way they were recorded mm-hmm. is, is just gone. And that happens, you know, that that really does happen with most bands. And maybe that is, you know, obviously there's budgets and bigger labels and more time. But it's also just like the march of technology, you know, mm-hmm. like I think it's kind of hard to replicate that guitar sound today. Yeah, definitely. And I think that this is probably um, this is probably a really good point to uh, to make about matt allison's influence on this band because you know with god damn it it always seemed like part of uh him recording god damn it was you know hearing like hey there's this band uh this guy's got like kind of a weird guitar tone and matt records it as such um but then moving forward it's this is fucking dialed in so Mm -hmm. well and i think that I think that Matt is a very, very good influence on that. I feel like, you know, Matt's not going to, um, 
Matt's not going to hear like what the guitars are sounding like when he's hearing the goddammit songs and saying like, no, like do this. But now that we're moving forward, I would imagine there's a little bit of work going into like, all right, we got to like crisp in this guitar tone a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's a natural evolution to me where mm-hmm. it sounds like people, I think don't always want to make the same record try twice, unless you are a band where like you do one thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and they're definitely not that, you know, I think maybe in, in the grand scheme of music, sure. You could say it's pretty closely aligned on either end, but I mean, I would say in those first five or six years, like they were trying a lot of different stuff. They were going for a lot of different stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think that this release is a really interesting segue into maybe I'll catch fire where they do get so much darker, um, in you know all facets yes the the imagery on on those songs and um you know songs like sleepyhead which really just you know pound down on it this is a cool transition point into that and i think dan really leading himself into writing some very very heavy songs because message from kathleen is nothing like this no no not at all and i think even on maybe i'll catch fire he's he's cueing in or like looking at the same subject matter but really softening the musical approach which i think is interesting and works really well like Mm -hmm. maybe i'll catch fire which is kind of a slower mid-tempo dirge of a song doesn't feel as dark as this you know you've got so far to go sounds sadder arguably but it's poppier Mm-hmm. Um, and she took him to the lake is more of like a punk rock ripper. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few songs and one of the few releases where I think he's really indulging in the ugliness of it. Um, this song, I would say largely vocally and I lied my face off definitely musically. Um, mm-hmm. it's his most like, I'm going to scream and I'm going to yell and I'm going to be intense. And this is really one of the only times he's in that mode. Yeah it's a really cool document. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I guess we've got, um, we've got a song that has like a, a chorus, but it's, it's kind of like not, you know, like drowning girls is a game. I play drowning myself is a game. I play. We return to that. um, But it almost feels like a pre-chorus but drown myself away just sort of like goes off and it's so wild to like look at the progression of this song Mm because it just sort of falls you know you get matt coming in with those aways fucking perfect yeah i mean i think that's really what a strength of this whole ep is there is a lot of nice backing and i think they do a good job on that vocal interplay. Um, and I always love that when they do it. You you know, Matt's backing him there. And then I think the ending coda is really strong. And I love that. That like bouncy, yeah. uplifting thing that honestly could go on much longer than it does, which is a weird thing to say for a song that's nearly five minutes long. Right. Um, but also one of the weirdest things, it's one of the only songs I can think of in their entire body of work where... They have a Dan says Queen of Pain, and then a few years later they have the song Queen of Pain. 
Like, yes. that's interesting to me. I like, I want to know if they were even aware of it. Yeah. I've always wondered that too, because it's, uh, yeah. And especially because queen of pain is from the perspective of queen of pain. It's all towards the king. Mm -hmm. And here we have Dan like makes that reference. You're the queen of pain. And you know, it's it could be something that Matt just pulled from and said, "Oh, yeah, uh, let me let me go off on that." It also sounds like it could be something that Matt did not consciously do. I mean, because it's not it's not that uh, unique of a phrase, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's not like some of the shit they've said on certain like early records where it's like, "Oh, that's a real like unique insight." You know, um, mm-hmm. but it is unique enough that like in the perspective of a band, it's not like the hot water split is coming out a decade later where you're like, oh, I forgot we did that. Right. It's like three years, you yeah. know? So it is kind of like, huh, I, I, I've just always been curious how aware of it they were. Um, you know, especially they were very prolific through this period, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, maybe it was just like, because like, I don't think they played this song a lot live. So I don't yeah. think it was top of mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I've always really wondered that. I don't think I've ever seen them play this song live. I think I have once. Maybe yeah. twice. Maybe twice. And it makes sense because if it's like, if you're going to play it, it's... It, it, it just like, it makes... Uh, it's a tough song to follow. Like it makes sense that this is the second side or the second song on a seven inch that you end up flipping over. Um, But yeah, it is just like, it's a, it's an outlier and it's sort of like a, like you can't just go into another one. Really. I feel like you got to kind of build to start this one. Yeah, it doesn't naturally allow it to kind of be like segmented right into something, which is a good point. Like it would only really work as like a set closer before the encore, but you're not playing it in that slot. It's not that mm-hmm. song for this band. Right. You know, like. Yeah, there Unless is a little they, like did it live and they like fucking extended that that coda because. Yeah, like, if they were an indie rock band, this song would be seven minutes long. Sure, sure. And I think that's the thing is they're not the type of band to jam on something, you know, mm-hmm. whereas this they could. They could extend yeah. it out and fuck with it, which like I would be fine with. But I, I'm sure is not necessarily what most people want to see out of them. And I, I think they're probably aware of that fact. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, too, that the um, the vocals might be difficult to achieve. You know, yeah. you're you got to be like very, very assured in like hearing each other yes Um, but yeah this is like i think that this song is one that i don't i don't love until matt comes in with the last part with i'm not tired of being alone 
the way that he spaces that out, it's just so perfect. And it makes me like retroactively like like feel like everything that came before now is like like perfect. It makes sense. It's well, all like I mean, a building process. Yeah, it's such a weird track for those reasons because I feel similarly where like you're waiting for that the whole time when you listen when you know it's there, that's what you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. And it justifies everything that came before it, where it's like it's all this like if they were using that thing earlier in the song, it would be a mess and it wouldn't be as good. Like they have to mm-hmm. earn that moment and they do. And really that vocal interplay is a dry run for something like Jake Don Green Beers, you know, mm-hmm. like where Dan's doing that with I hope this is goodbye thing. And it's awesome. Yeah. They are very yeah. good at that and they don't do it a lot. Maybe that's why they don't do it a lot. I don't know. I would love to hear more of it. I but, mean, I think that there's there's something to be said too about the way that Matt's voice changes after a couple of years. Like the the range that he's hitting on here, it's a lot higher than he's getting at after the throat shit happens. Yeah, totally, totally. And so, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like this could just be. I think it's probably partially that it is. There's a lot of moving parts, and yeah, it could easily kind of be a mess live. Second, we keep referring to it kind of as a dark horse, as a sleeper pick, all those things. And I'm sure if they're going to go up and like, we are about to play our longest song for in a live setting, if even half the crowd is not into it, you're going to see it, and it's going to feel shitty the whole ride. Mm-hmm. You know, like to be real. Yeah. I mean, you get to like, you know, going into like the second verse. It's it's like if they weren't feeling it through the first one, it's just like, all right, well, now I'm back to this like same part where it's just me yelling. And it's like, is it, do it is it like the I'm going to go get a beer song for a lot of people? It's not that way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I could not. I could see it being that way for some folks and I could see them maybe having those experiences enough early on to be like, mm, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that this might be a song that you kind of move away from because, you know, when you're playing it early on, it's sort of a tough one to put into the set. If people aren't feeling it, it really takes a long time. Um, and then you get into a few records and it's like, all right, well, like our set, our set list is stacked. And, and I think Dan's also like moved on in his songwriting. Like, yeah, I'm interested to, to, you know, know what Dan thinks about this song in particular. Me too. And and I think the point you made is really true because we're looking at a period of time where it's like, God damn it. 98, this 99, maybe I'll catch fire. I think is end of 99 or early 2000. 2001 is infirmary correct Mm -hmm. so that is four pretty big releases in four years um you know also was self-titled in 2000 so like that's essentially re-putting this out but a lot of other songs that become hits Mm -hmm. so like by the time they're touring on maybe i'll catch fire it's gonna be like how many fucking four and a half minute songs are we gonna play in the set yeah six like right you know like 
you know, they aren't going to be doing this and Bleeder and I Lied My Face Off. And though this is shorter, I still put it in the same bucket. Like Trouble Breathing, 97. Like, fuck you, Aurora. Fuck you, Aurora. Keep them coming. Radio. Mm-hmm. Like, how many of those are you reasonably going to play when you're still like a band that's kind of an opener, maybe doing 45 minutes on headlining shows on your own tours? Like, mm-hmm. That would be the set, essentially, if you played all those seven songs. Yeah, and I feel like this band like continues to put out a lot of fucking songs. It's not like, um, you know, I feel like if there was going to be like a a renaissance for this song, it would have happened in you know like after this addiction is out right yeah that's kind of when they really start like going back into the into the kitty am i right more or less i would say in the lead up to that and then a little bit following but i think they kind of also around that time really just were touring a lot and just settled into a set you Mm -hmm. know yeah so i mean whenever you reach that point where it's like yo let's like dust off some of the old ones I I couldn't imagine Dan being like, you know, I'd really like to like bring that one back where I'm like yelling a lot and uh, where, you know, the, the, the best part of the song doesn't really start until three minutes into the song. Yeah. And I think they're kind of lucky in that. Like, I think songs from this EP and songs from maybe I'll catch fire specifically Matt songs from maybe I'll catch fire. Don't get played that much because it is that weird interplay where it's like, I don't think they mind playing cooking wine or snake oil tanker or goodbye forever where it's like, or my friend Peter where it's like, it's two minutes. Sure. Mm-hmm. People like it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, even if we don't want to play it, not a big ask. Um, yeah. But I imagine it's that weird balance of like, if they don't have the interest and even if the crowd did being like, Hey, play the five minute song is like, mm, bigger ass. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that like, you know, if they, I feel like if they go on a trajectory where it's more in the like my chemical romance afi um where they're really about like you know like building big things sure um, sure this one like might get kind of a a dust up and you know they could really like hammer and um you know making every part like work really good mm-hmm. like making that that build like feel huge but they're a three-piece band like exactly you know they've never been really um about that uh that sort of presentation yeah and i just want to i'm looking it up now because i'm i want to just fact check myself because memory is a fleeting thing Mm. um ain't it all though yes ain't it all but I just want to be able to reference it because I think what you just said actually relates to the one time I think I saw them play this, mm-hmm. which is I'm pulling up the set list now. Uh, come on website. Fleeting? Come on website. All we are is dust. And we come from the stars. Are you it's saying nice. angels and airwaves lyrics? What? Are you saying angels and Yo, airwaves lyrics? I know we don't really talk about like topical stuff. Have you read the news today? But how fucking crazy is it that Tom DeLonge has 
a UFO video that the United States government is like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Fucking justice for Tom. Okay. <laughs> I'm correct. I saw them and I've said this before and I'm sure I looked it up then too, but I just, I, I like to be infallible. July 9th, 2008. Well, I, I, I got a couple of things you should work on, but um, I'm going to read to you this set list. This was uh-huh. on the agony and irony tour, like one of the first shows on that run. Um, they play all of the, I lied my face off EP. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is one where they were really bringing in some wild stuff on it. Opens with calling all skeletons, calling all skeletons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then they do nose over tail. I lied my face off. Then oh. it's, I found a way in vain. Eh. Then it's war brain, <laughs> hating every minute, mercy me, Armageddon, old school reasons. Wow. Which is a weird run. Yeah. Then it's private eye. Do you want to know? Goodbye forever. This is getting over you. Help me. This could be love. Encore break. Bleeder radio. Huh. So like. So yeah. It's interesting because like they're really on this one playing songs that I have not seen them play a lot. Like hating every minute. That might have been the only time. Mm-hmm. This is getting over you. Maybe the only time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know, which is one of the only songs from Agony and Irony I like? Probably the only time. Bleeder, mm-hmm. they don't play very much. Like, And I know, because I've told this story before, where the encore was supposed to be For Your Lungs Only, Bleeder Radio, but Dan was having technical issues, so they cut For Your Lungs Only. Had they played that at that show, that would be the one where it was like the most like throwbacky weird one I've maybe ever seen. Yeah. That wasn't like a full album play, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've ever seen them play all of those four songs together ever. And the fact they did Goodbye Forever into This Is Getting Over You feels like a very clear acknowledgement of what they were doing. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, it's kind of the only... I'd argue it'd be tough to have this song follow anything other than goodbye forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I do like the, I feel like that makes so much sense in like the late stages of the set before the encore break. Um, yeah, this song, it's like, it's just one of those that, you know, I feel like it's, um, it's like watching the Godfather, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I want to do that. Uh, every once in a while but i know that it's it's a commitment i know that i gotta like eat a banana beforehand and like prep myself maybe decide the day before that i'm gonna do it but it's it's a fun one and it's it's definitely um you know it's a cool a cool moment i think and also i mean within within three other songs that you know one of them might be the one yeah and and two others i mean i know i rated i lie my face off five i think goodbye forever also a five i mean bleeder got a five for me obviously i'm pretty sure goodbye forever i mean all of them are above four Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I just genuinely like I if this is the weakest song on there, I still like it a lot. Yeah, definitely. I and I think too that it's like it'd be interesting to to look at this in that second slot on the EP and on self-titled mm-hmm. i'd love to see how this song looks as a seventh track on an lp yeah yeah i mean i think it works super well where it does for all the reasons it does but yeah i i wonder how like if this was on maybe i'll catch fire how would i view that record differently and how would i view dan's contributions to that record differently like mm-hmm. pretty substantially yeah um because he's as we've discussed and you know you brought up he's really running counterpoint to Matt on there and i think that is purposeful and necessary because this this song and i lied my face off would just be indulging in what matt's doing like that would make it maybe like if you took off dan's if you left maybe i'll catch fire and replaced the other two songs with the two songs from the cp that would be like their darkest dirgiest like ugliest record and it already is that. I got an idea, Bruin. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe something that we'll save for Patreon. Okay. But what do you rate this song? I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Mm. And it's definitely higher than I thought it would be when we chose it. But I think that, you know, it only took two listens for me to realize that like man this is this is a fucking track yeah yeah it's it's one of those i think i i say this a lot but it's a song i low rate when you bring it up when someone brings it up to me and then when i hear it i'm like no it's really good Mm -hmm. and i i think that's the thing is i feel like it is my least favorite on that ep but i still like it a lot which i think plays into your thing of like is this the strongest release like probably by the numbers yes yeah but yeah, yeah. And, and this is interesting to think of uh, of like this being really the like album track of an yes EP. yes so um really glad we talked about this i the last few episodes of this uh show have been so much fun to uh just unpack things and i come away with new appreciations each time we do this same um we thank you all for joining us this week and invite you to give us a a nice rating actually let me put this a little bit more uh uh let me be a little bit more upfront about this the only people who rate this show and leave us reviews are the people who are mad at us for not liking the songs that they like and that's cool i get that but if you like this show and you've been enjoying it and you want to give us a review that says you enjoy it, not that you hate us, we'd appreciate that. It would be nice. doesn't take long, but we, uh, that's not what we do it for. We do it for, we do it for each other and we do it for all of you out there and uh, invite you to go on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. You can join Mart and all the others who are having, I think, the best time of their lives uh, pledging to our Patreon. 
And, uh, you know, if you want to have the best time of your life, it's available to you for only, yeah. Only a handful of bucks. You know, I mean, you send us a few bucks a month. That's something unpredictable. But Mm. in the end, it's right. It doesn't even matter. Because you get content and have the time of your life. God. Good riddance. That's what I say. I'm gonna go watch uh, go watch the second to last episode of Seinfeld. We'll be back next week. We'll see you then. Thanks, Bubba.